When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala, and I know too much about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And this week, more than any other week, this is really going to be in my favor. Uh, With me, as always, back in person, we're doing a very special, rare for these days, live record outside, distanced, but maybe not as distanced as you'd think. Uh, It's Kristen Sutter. Hey, Kristen. Hello. Can you believe it? Can you feel the in-person energy happening? I I bet... Yeah, I bet they can. That was a question for the fans, not for you. Yeah, no, I was saying, I'm answering for them. I think it's palpable. I think they'll palp plenty. Ew. Come on. It's great. It was a great joke. Nope. Uh, With us... Also in person, we're excited to be outdoors talking about the Rock Hall. Uh, if you listen to the end of this podcast, to the to the bitter end when I'm thanking people, you hear me thank Mike Lloyd for the logo, and now I'm going to thank Mike Lloyd for being with us. Hi, Mike. Hi. Hey. Hey, guys. He's here, and, and with him uh, is his wife, a friend of ours, an actor, a singer, a Jill of all trades, <laughs> Megan Lloyd. Hi, Megan. Hi, thank you. What an occasion to get some friends together on my stoop and to talk rock hall. I think Kristen just saw how many notes I took during the ceremony. <laughs> I can't, I love that you took them on paper. I can hear the paper flapping in the actual wind. We're mm-hmm. really here. It's it's live. It's in person, and it feels different. I'll yeah. be honest. It really does. It's been what, the last one we did live would have been because we had some in the bank so it would have been february yep that feels about right wow Wow. so that's a good nine months mm-hmm. yeah we We've, feel uh, honored to be here i mean this isn't exactly a re- return it's a temporary return yeah. we will go back to doing zoom stuff but yeah we're so you guys uh listen to the podcast which uh puts you in a different category than most of our guests <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do we're big fans and I've so, learned so much. Yeah, so you, you're coming into this with some knowledge, uh, if you want to call it that. At the very least, you've been uh, exposed. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, some knowledge, but I tend to sometimes fall into a little bit of a Kristen camp and immediately forget everything. Mm-hmm. Yay. But, but I feel a little more educated. Yeah, I feel similarly. Uh, I, I forget a lot, but I remember some stuff. <laughs> camp <laughs> <Most> Kristen. <laughs> That's where it's at, baby. And I should note that we are. We thought it was going to be very cold today in Los Angeles, but it was very hot and very sunny. And Camp Kristen, because i also describe <laughs> Kristen's look here. The worst hat imaginable. I purchased. I got up and left the house this morning thinking that I would be here wearing multiple layers. I legitimately have my foldable camping down jacket in my purse right now because I thought it was going to be so mm-hmm. chilly Bitter for Los cold. Angeles. I thought it was going to be 50 degrees, if you can believe it. And instead, it's 75 and sunny. And I didn't even bring a hat with me. I only 
had in my car this hat that I bought at a gas station in Beverly Hills before I went to a, um, on a hike. Like I was on a hike, I was headed toward a hike, realized I didn't have a hat and I'm very wimpy about the sun. And the only hat that they had was this truly wild I don't know. If I we'll would take describe a it as yeah. We'll definitely take a picture. No, and people will see it. I really but do I would, not approve. I would describe it as it's the hat that the camp counselor, who everyone makes fun of, wears. Yeah, that's and, and it's a hat that lives in your car. It yeah, should live nowhere else. It's only for sun coverage. It's your emergency sun coverage hat. It's like your car breaks down in the desert. Mm-hmm. You have to trek many miles. Yeah, you need to protect yourself. Yeah. It's only for protection, not for style in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> and it's a that, that's a good tone to set. Uh, so, guys, the Rock Hall induction ceremony special, HBO special for 2020, aired at the worst time possible. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> On Saturday, the day that they announced the election results. And, like, it, it, was, it started right when the speeches were scheduled to start, when Biden and Harris... I didn't realize that. I was in the streets, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was truly, if you were, if you, I mean, listen, I bet some of our listeners were watching it right when it dropped, and God bless you, but I've got to imagine the numbers were at a low. Dismal. Yeah. Even for the rock hall. And listen, they knew this was going to be election week. We said this on earlier episodes that this was a truly wild time to be releasing an episode, and I think I may have even hinted that we didn't we weren't even sure we'd know the results by the time it aired Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that that was back when they had just scheduled the ceremony to be on the 7th you know because remember i remember they with the there was supposed to be a live ceremony back when they thought like we'll have it under control by november (laughs) certainly i never thought in a million years that i wouldn't watch a rock hall induction special like the second it dropped but it really felt like it really felt like who cares. This is the first time I felt like who cares about the rock hall. I texted wow. Joe that morning and I said, "Hey Joe, dot dot dot, all caps. Who cares about the rock hall?" <laughs> and it it, it fit. <laughs> it really fit. All right, so let's uh let's recap this thing. So it's been a few days, and I already have a sieve for a brain when it comes to this stuff in particular. Mm-hmm. So I took uh, I took copious notes. So we, we no stone will be unturned. Uh, so we began with no a, stone will be unrolled. Ooh, all Thank right. Thank you. Wow. No rock will be unhauled. H a u l. Get out of here. Uh, so we begin with a kind of. Somber opening from Bad. Dave Grohl. Bad. The first words I wrote were, I hate this. And that's the <laughs> name of the the note is called I hate this. But the, do you remember, do you guys remember the first thing that Dave Grohl says? He said it's an idea. Yeah. Yes. He says it's not just a place, it's an idea. It's it's well covered by you guys. I mean, he, it's like the, it's like he took it straight from your rant about the, the rock hall. And yeah. How... I really couldn't believe it. I wrote down, it's a quote, idea. Yeah. Damn. That's like one of the first things I said on like the first episode of this podcast. I feel validated. I feel alive. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was like, does does this need to be somber, though? I guess sit- situationally, maybe. But also, you're trying to start like a fun ceremony. Yeah, I wrote somber, boring opening. I'm dying. Is Grohl giving a eulogy? Mm-hmm. It was very... I think that they thought maybe because we're in a pandemic that we absolutely that's, must not that's begin the tone. a celebration with a celebratory tone. Yeah. I feel like that kind of carried through. Yeah, you, you could say that. Although right after his little speech, we got a bunch of words. 
power, fame, sex, noise, said, excess, love, I protest, passion. This fucking rock. sucks and sounds like a freaking Guitar Hero menu track. What yeah. was playing over those words? Yeah, truly just uh, like stock music. Garage band music. You have like literally, you are gonna be showing what you think are like the best musicians in the world and everything, and you can't. The opening of this was so boring <laughs> and like unenticing. Like it didn't make me want to keep watching. Uh, and if I didn't have to, I don't. You know. Also, <laughs> girl, no makeup. We couldn't. We couldn't get somebody to like. He was really it's a hazard. It was wild. He's looking older. He is. I made that comment. And yeah. al- also, it was it was a real grolly weekend because while this was airing, he was on, or you know, like a few hours later, he was on Saturday Night Live as the musical guest. Oh, whoa! Yeah, with Foo Fighters, obviously. You know, I think it was actually SNL when I noticed that he was looking older than I've remembered him looking. But. It's okay for him to look old. Yeah, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not against Dave Grohl looking old. I think everyone should be able to age in Hollywood. Let's pump him, pump him full of Botox. We had a lengthy discussion of is he going to keep his long hair forever? Is it going to be long oh, and gray? Yes. I think so. Yeah. I, think so I can't imagine Grohl. There was an era of Foo Fighters, like the Learn to Fly era, where he had short hair. And now I just think it's a signature. I can't imagine him without it. That may be when I met him at a hotel in Indianapolis. Whoa. It was the Learn to Fly era. Era. He had I short got hair. Autograph. I was there for an Irish dance competition. <laughs> what was he there for? Same. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was. On, they were on tour with the, uh, the Chili Peppers. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they were all staying at your hotel. We with were the Irish all there. Dancers? Big, big weekend for Indy. <laughs> big weekend for Indy. Go Indy. Hey guys, what the people need is a way to make them smile. It's time for the oh Doobie Brothers. My God. <laughs> uh, so we open with Luke Bryan giving an induction speech. This induction speech, I had no idea that this was going to be one of the better induction speeches. Watching it first up, but it, it the, these all felt very stilted, obviously, because they're alone in a big room standing i don't know much about luke bryan I who mean, is he do you that guys was my know first he is? He's a, oh a, this is what luke bryan is yeah he's a country man <laughs> i mean you can tell he had that wow he was Doobie really brothers. i mean they are something else well and he said i wrote don't ask a question you don't want the answer to luke bryan does uh, does anyone not have a favorite doobie song <laughs> i was like right out the gate my guy okay okay we'll keep talking about these induction speeches but man doing it remotely really takes the wind out of the sails of an induction speech well and if i'm remembering correctly he really this luke bryan character who straight up they've really started with just i think it really ramped up the the show Mm -hmm. at points really ramped up and that it peaked and took a huge horrible dip for a little while and i will you will know when that that happens uh there are two giant dips and i think we both we all know when i believe those are uh but I didn't realize that it was, this was just, they rolled it in so slowly and they start with like Luke Bryan looking like he's on a home improvement show or some sort of thing, like standing with his hands in his pockets and his twang, you know, just being like, well, and these baseboards had to go, you know, like that's, I just was really feeling very much like some HGTV vibes from him in his button down energy. He looked very groomed. Very clean. Opposite of our, our, our man Grohl over here. Yeah. But when they started, I, I love the Doobie Brothers. So yeah. I, I just was smiling the whole time. I, I wrote down that I'm always horny for harmonies. <laughs> so I, <laughs> take it or leave it, I loved watching oh, about the Oh, yeah. I, I thought this was a good package, and it was like the best way to present the Doobie Brothers. I think 
in general, I, it's funny, the, the induction speeches from the people feel like the least affecting interviews from anybody. Like when you talk to the people in the package who are sitting down, they feel way more affecting and they feel way more passionate. Mm-hmm. But it's so, it feels so sanitized and so mechanical. It, I just feel bad that like, wow, you get the honor of inducting the Doobie Brothers. You said basically nothing. And that kind of carries throughout. I wrote in all caps, are they going to address the name? <laughs> oh, they did. Uh, Luke Ryan Luke did. did. Right up top, right up top. And then I said, I am grooving though. Listen to the music. And then I said, uh-oh, I like the doobies. And then yeah, I wrote right. skunk in all caps. That was my take on the package. I, I've i never said that I don't like the Doobie mm-hmm. Brothers music. I do. I like a lot of their songs. I'm always surprised by how many of their songs I like. That is cool. I said Nancy Nancy Wilson. She was looking quite plastic. I wasn't she was. enjoying that. What I liked about Nancy Wilson and Brad Paisley is something that we... Is that who that was? Yeah. Brad Paisley mm-hmm. is the guy with the... the... Gu- they both had guitars. And that's something we've clocked before, which is it's very cool when a musician has an instrument with them and can kind of tell you why the songs are great. Pull a John Mayer, you yeah. know. Pull a John Mayer. Nancy Wilson playing Blackwater was very... I thought that was very cool. It yeah. was. And the, yeah, they were both playing Blackwater and Brad Paisley was like, the chord changes are like iconic. And that's like a little bit something different that I feel like helps you to appreciate the music on a, on a different level. There was a lot of, and I know this because when I re- research for the individual episodes, I always watch, I try to find the behind the music. There was a lot of recycled behind the music talking head footage. Because obviously there were some, there was like some new footage of the band themselves talking. But then every once in a while you see one and you're like, you look younger. And that's almost always uh, from behind the music. I also think it's kind of weird that Tom Johnston talks like he sings. He's got this like weird, like nasally. He's like, well, we were we were just trying to. I, he said something very weird. He's like, then I was like, what about we 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 could write like a good song? That's how he talks about the process for writing. Listen to the music. Which there were two drummers. There's right? there's three. They usually would have two drummers, and one of them had been replaced. So there were three drummers who were inducted. One of them during one of his interviews was just lying down. Uh, and that's the same one who was like, you got to have two drummers. But the thing about you have two drummers, man, one of them goes, mm, and you got to go, mm. one of them goes, bop. you got to go, because if you don't, it's going to be like, mm, mm, bop, bop, and that's just not going to work, baby. That's, I wrote down that that one who was doing the drummers got to go, Eck, was a Bob Odenkirk character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I loved the two drummers. That was, that was, was wearing a top hat a lot of the time. That was John. Yeah, that's the same guy, John Hartman. He's, yeah. he's kind of the flashier of the Doobie Brothers, many drummers. Uh, Tom Johnston claims to have invented the chucking style of guitar playing which I thought was weird wait which one is he he's like the he's the OG singer singer. who has to leave for a while he gets gets an ulcer yeah he did say that in the pack yeah he he was like I would do this like kind of rhythm type of uh, guitar playing you know which I kind of invented and and I was like whoa what and also later Nancy (laughs) also Joe's impression of him is he's a wizard (laughs) listen to him talk (laughs) that's how we that's how I'm but also the weird thing is like Nancy Wilson also says like the Doobie Brothers they invented that and I don't know what she's talking about you say it enough times it's true I said, uh-oh, this shit is soft at No Nukes, though. They were sounding soft as hell at the No they Nukes. They also do not sound good after Michael Palin introduces them on SNL. Like, they have a little package. And, like, yeah, why? At first it was like, ugh. I enjoyed the 50 takes of What a Fool Believes story. I enjoyed that knowing that that was that hard. <laughs> <laughs> I like knowing that things yeah. are hard. And then I said, so the other guitar guy is back, the one who had the ulcer. Yeah. He's back. Then yeah. he comes back later, and then they show them, like, now. 
And do they t- tour all together now? Well, they were supposed to have this big 50th anniversary tour with Michael McDonald and Tom Johnston, but then I think they maybe did a few dates, but obviously had to had to cancel it. But Michael McDonald, for the most part, has not really been involved with them until recently for this kind of special occasion. Here's what I wrote. They did it. They sold me. God damn it. The package. So yeah. did you come away with a favorite song? I mean, oh, yeah, I've always, I mean, I genuinely like Blackwater. I think that song kicks ass. I think I've thought it always. I like What a Fool Believe. I like a lot of Doobie Brothers songs. I liked pretty much every song that they played during the package. I was like, it's great. Do I still think that they are just essentially sweeping out that era of music? Yes. I don't think, I don't know. I don't, I'm not like, wow, the hall wouldn't be complete without the Doobie Brothers. I like them. I'm glad they're in, I guess. I don't really care. Like, <laughs> Maybe a little more glad now. Yeah. I mean, I just was like, oh yeah, they were, I, I'm, I'm glad. And they really were very big. Mm-hmm. And then I said, LOL, this split screen is, this is all in caps. (laughs) LOL, this split screen is killing me. Okay, this part sucks. Yeah, the the speeches. The acceptance speeches. Boy, that sucked. And the statue looks like a pizza cutter. Have we ever talked about that? We have not. Boy, that statue (laughs) looks like someone in a little pizza cutter just uh, holding it up. (laughs) Christmas is coming up. Uh, But yeah, the acceptance speeches are similarly to the induction speeches. They just feel very hollow. That gave me the sense of just how long a live induction ceremony would be when the Mm -hmm. Doobie Brothers started doing their acceptance speeches. Yes. Not that there was anything inherently wrong with them, but they just got a little long. And there were only three of them, right? Acceptance speeches are inherently boring and rehearsed ones, like, ooh, mama, we're in trouble. You can can really tell that they're reading from the prompter in a way that you can't when they're doing it live. Like, Tom Johnston was really like, wow, we are so grateful. And thank you to CAA and, of course, Irving Azov. Uh, Michael McDonald did a better job with the prompter. Um, Who was the last guy to go? Patrick Simmons. Aloha. That's my guy. Yeah, he said aloha. He's my guy. I said, okay, this last guy rules. Aloha. I also was really down for the names of the roadies. Hootie, Hoop, Keith, and Uh Steve. (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty You got to include the roadie names. That's what I'm about. I would would watch a super cut of all the roadie names being thanked in all the Rock Hall speeches. If anybody out there is very bored. In this uh, long dark winter of the soul, please make me a supercut. Let's take a hard turn into Nine Inch Nails. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, let's take it in the weirdest way possible, though. (laughs) With Iggy Pop. With a jacket and no shirt. Obviously. Seemingly no pants. (laughs) It was was very low. Never ever wear a shirt, Iggy. Don't do it. And it was very gross. I think if he had not been wearing the jacket, it would have been less gross. No, I loved it. It's Iggy, man. He I know, should but that's never wear a shirt again. He, I feel like if he was just completely shirtless, it, it would have been better than seeing like a suggestion of a weird skin flap. Anyway. I said, this speech is wild, and I love that he keeps talking about Trent Reznor's look. Yeah, and that he could have been <laughs> painted by weird, Velasquez. What a weird way to do it. Oh, my God. And also, it's the soundtrack to the dark and lonely party, he says, in a lush suburban yard. Like, right. <laughs> like, what is going on? Iggy in front of literally like a white picket fence house, mm-hmm. giant lush green yard behind him, no shirt, blazer, talking about Nine Inch Nails. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I, I find him so weird but captivating. I was, I really enjoyed oh, the speech. Absolutely. It did, fe- and it, it kind of felt to me like a little bit like an an essay, 
just without the audience you lose that that vibe that a lot of these induction speeches can feel very book reporty you've mm-hmm. said that before and i that that can feel that way especially and with no audience to really it even give it. it to um this was the most stylized package you know all the uh, talking head interviews are in black and white and there's this reel to reel thing which this i th- i think the interview thing Why? i think that interview was made specifically for this package yeah i think so too it just was dumb. It it was dumb to pretend that like Trent wouldn't be like it was just dumb to pretend. It was very fakey to me, you know. Like he's pretending that uh, we were supposed to go in pretending like this was just some interview that happened a while ago. Yes, exactly. Oh, I took hey, that man, as thanks oh, for is, doing this. Is he not gonna give any acceptance speech? And this he's oh. too mysterious that we have <laughs> to, to show do it face. in this weird. It reminded me. I don't know if you guys listened to Love and Radio. It's yeah, just, it, I thought it was gonna be a weird Love and Radio style, very eerie, but. Then, then there he was at the end, so yeah. that wasn't it. We got a lot of talking heads for this one. We got Rick Rubin, Miley Cyrus, Jimmy Iovine, Annie Clark, Saul Williams, uh, David Fincher, Mark Ronson. I thought they did a good job of kind of giving you the Nine Inch Nails feel. I wrote, your parents shouldn't like rock, it should be dangerous, which they must have addressed at some point, because I talk about that a lot on the show. Yeah, David Fincher called it music that has to be dealt with, which I thought was an interesting way of putting it. Jimmy Iovine also said that it appeals to you and freaks you out at the same time, which Mm -hmm. I thought seemed accurate. I don't know. I have a lot of complicated feelings, actually, about this induction. I... I, I wrote at the end, the package for Nine Inch Nails had the opposite effect on me. Like, like it, it, you it, were it into made, it and then it made you less? It so. made me less into their induction than I had been before. I had been like, yeah, that makes sense. And they've done a lot of interesting pioneering things. And then I watched the package and I was like, why are we putting these guys in now? Like, does hmm. the now? I also do not care what Miley Cyrus thinks about musicianship. It just doesn't matter to me. And I wonder if maybe I'm like sexist in that way, or if I've been sold that she is bubblegum and so I don't care what she has to say. But I don't care what she has to say about musicianship in particular. Like, I care what St. Vincent has to say. Sure. St. Vincent looking like a fashion mogul. Holy shit. Yeah, she, she I was mean, great. Holy shit. Big, big chunky necklace on a turtleneck. On a fucking and then, turtleneck. You know, dark sunglasses. That whole thing about how that song has two choruses is pretty wild. I, I don't know. I I never really thought about it before. Yeah. It's almost like you think of them as two different songs, but then you realize they're in the same song. Yeah. I remember making that point on this podcast about Def Leppard. Which, yes. Which is, a you know, obviously a very different band. But when when a song does that, has basically like a pre-chorus and then surprises you with a real chorus. You're like, oh yeah, these hooks could have been two different songs if you were a lesser artist, but no, you're a Hall of Famer, baby. <laughs> I like that his his friend Saul Williams kind of dunked on him and said it like mm-hmm. suburban white kids finding you know meaning, finding the the <laughs> making sense but of their lives. But then I felt like he had to equivocate and say, you know, but in a good way. And I'm like, honey, don't equivocate for us. You he, don't need to. He's he's equivocating for his uh, good and powerful friend Trent Reznor. <laughs> I think he obviously he wants he wants to make the cut. I get acknowledging the movie scoring, but I thought the weird emphasis on it was maybe bizarre, just because that's not what's being inducted. Like that's not Nine Inch Nails. Technically, it was really by the end of the package. I was just like, what are we even talking about anymore? I do not that it was when it really lost me toward the end where I was like, I don't now I'm like, no, I thought I thought it hooked uh, hooked well in the beginning. 
with like all the different people being like, oh, like Mark Ronson being like, oh, this is what I like now. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Rick Rubin being like, he's, uh, you know, an outsider and like that's, he's outsider culture. And, you know, Ivy and being like, it's where the, there are these artists that are defiant, but then they meet somehow with the mainstream. Like all that stuff was interesting. But then it, yeah, I don't know. They didn't even like talk about his later career, which is, they just pretended like he turned into a composer. Is his composing partner getting in with him? Is that why yeah, they had yeah. to make this big Maybe. turn? Maybe, because Atticus Ross is uh, also a member of Nine Inch Nails, and he uh, he seems to imply that he's the only member that he likes. <laughs> I, I have no um, special feelings about Nine Inch Nails. Mm-hmm. When, the, when the package they're showing, all the, the concerts and everything, that was the music that like scared me when I was a child, so mm-hmm. I this was very informative to me, and I really liked it, so I, had n- yeah. I was just learning as I went, and right. I probably know more of the soundtrack work honestly than yeah for sure i did like the acceptance speech i said Mm -hmm. but i really like this acceptance speech and then i said danny loner more like skeet ulrich i don't know i guess guess what he looks like look like skeet ulrich (laughs) he he thanks he thanks a lot of people he also says thank you so much iggy clearly thinking that the iggy uh speech was coming right before his acceptance so there's this long break after iggy and then he's like thank you so much iggy Also, I feel like something that's very weird, and I think this is when I started to realize it, was when we saw the second acceptance speech, was that because they're rehearsed, you cannot say, sorry, I forgot to mention you, I got cut off. Like You have to to mention everyone that you mean to mention, or it's intentional that you were not mentioned. Yeah, for sure. Like You have a a number of takes that you can do and plenty of time to think about it. Uh, Does Trent Reznor hate his fans? He calls them an intense bunch that uh, can drive me out of my mind. But he says, you're the best, which feels like a way to get something off your chest, but also not uh, infuriate your base. Well, his fans are, they're an intense bunch. (laughs) But they're the best. Yeah, they're the best. (laughs) I also thought it was interesting, given that that Nine Inch Nails was inducted right after the Doobie Brothers, that you have uh, David Fincher saying, there are best hits and then there's a body of work. Almost like he was directly responding to the Doobie Brothers, where like Judd Apatow was like, wow, what the perfect greatest hits collection. And then Fincher's like, hey, move over, you fake fucking director. This is a body of work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And then... And then we go to our first Ahmet Erdogan award for a non-performer. Irving Azoff, the man who finally brought money into rock and roll. I fucking want... I wanted to turn this off so badly. Did you like Don Henley's canned joke? Oh, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the first time we're inducting someone who can't play an instrument or sing. Don Henley, you I, really gave it to not, the not, Sex not Pistols. Okay. I don't. <laughs> I hate this. He narrated his. He's narrating his own fucking story. Uh huh. I I think I made two actual like observations, and the rest is me ranting about how much I hate this. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate this. The stupid celebration of the businessman. This is so dumb. I hate it. He's been celebrated enough. I guess thanks for the Eagles. This is so stupid. <laughs> I absolutely fucking hate it. All caps. Put another fucking woman in. Someone needs to tell Adam Levine the truth about his bleached hair. Uh, oh, yeah, because he's like, he'll tell you the truth. Uh, and then he was going to disown his son for not doing the exact thing. It's literally like, I'm a very bad person, and let's celebrate what an asshole I am. Like, yeah, ha, ha, ha. I hate this. I wish it would stop. No, 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 no. I fucking hate rich white guys joking about how rich they are. Fuck off. Not today. <laughs> my parents thought I was headed for a career in medicine, but I will not be allowing my son the same flexibility. <laughs> this is basically another Eagles induction. 
several skull emojis. LOL, this list of freaking platitudes. He's so pleased with himself for saying fuck ups. I induct myself fuck out of here. I really, really, really genuinely hated this with my heart and soul. And I was already mad before I even knew who Jimmy Iovine was. Legitimately, I was annoyed at this whole Wait, inclusion. You mean Irving Oh, yeah. You said Jimmy Iovine. I said Jimmy Iovine. You sure did. Oh, thanks. You'll get in next year and then you I can don't, rant he about He will. That. He literally will because they will put every fucking person who... Uh, it's literally like thanking the ladder. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I... Yeah. I'm so annoyed by this inclusion, this concept, this fucking circle jerk of people just being like, <laughs> we all made a bunch of fucking money. Isn't that cool? Hey, I'm a dickhead. Don't you love? But he's my dickhead. Like, yeah. no, get out of here. Quit it. You're not a musician. Why are we talking about you? Also, it's very clear that enough people have fucking thanked him a million times. I'm just... Oh, I really, really, this was, this to me is the absolute worst section of, of it. And I mean, I hated other sections, but this I hated with such a burning, fiery passion as you can hear. Yeah. That made me think of the, there's a Mad Men quote where Peggy asks Don for a thank you. And he goes, that's what the money is for. That's kind of my summary (laughs) of this induction. We get Cameron Crowe, Gwen Stefani, Adam Levine, who's dressed. Looked insane. Dressed like CeeLo Green sitting on a bear. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> very bizarre we get earth wind and fire we get you know what nobody really knows who jeffrey azoff is we don't need to put the inductee's son and then the joe walsh interview i was like is this new i think it, it, it is it is but it looked like it was filmed in like 1985 <laughs> yeah. is he a wrestler i was like who the hell is this man <laughs> yeah he it's it's almost like they're like well we can come and talk to you joe and he's like i got a camera i can do it <laughs> i got something i can take care of it oh no what is that old footage of Stevie Nicks? It looks like it was in someone's video. backyard at like a um, maybe at his birthday party or something. It does seem like a you send it to someone on their on their birthday. Yeah, it looked like it looked like a home video from someone's backyard birthday party where she stood up and gave a speech about how much he meant to her mm-hmm. career. And then is you, that whose basement she was living in when she did that? <laughs> no, that was, I, that was Ivy. That was Ivy. That's yeah. why I said Ivy yeah. earlier. Is because I was. They thinking both have of, a Stevie connection. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah, it does feel like at the very end of this package, they are weirdly defending his induction. Like, Gwen Stefani's like, yeah, of course he should be inducted. And, like, there's a bunch of people who are like, yeah, induct. I mean, like, if anybody's going to be inducted. Uh, yeah, and uh, you, you, I feel like you covered a lot of this, I Kristen. Really, these I'm inductions so were not voted on, right? Those no. Were, just no. Put in it was by decided by someone who uh, Irving is most certainly their boss. And that's the weird thing about this and John Landau is, like, they both have very high up positions at the hall itself. Irving Azoff is on the board. The ladder inducts itself. Congratulations. I hate it. (laughs) All right. uh, Let's take a little bit of a break, and then we come back. We'll keep going, recapping this 2020 Rock Hall induction. Sip on the go with a Starbucks iced shaken espresso. Our signature roast, shaken with ice, then finished with a splash of milk. Customize it to match your style on the Starbucks app. Make today a good day. Welcome back, everybody. We hope you had a nice break. We hope over the break, you maybe uh, sent some pictures of some garish shit to somebody who works for you. (laughs) Uh, Guys, it was all a dream. Notorious B.I.G. is up next. Uh, We got Diddy wearing a coogie the way 
Biggie once did. He says, greatest of all time, in the exact, that exact same intonation, twice. I don't know if it's a reference that I'm <laughs> missing, but it seems like it is. Uh, he says almost nothing of any substance. It's but it like was a, fun and good, and it was short. And it was I, very short. I liked it. It was I, short, but somehow went on like a, a second too long, <laughs> so it got a little awkward. I said good and fun speech, Diddy. Maybe I don't remember anything. Maybe I was just trying to remember if my mom's couch had that exact pattern or not. Like, <laughs> and maybe you just liked that it was it moved along. I just felt like there was nothing personal about it, which was bizarre. I mean, he's in the package and saying things that are personal, so I guess that maybe remedies that a little bit, but I still felt like he was just like, wow. I mean, Biggie, you were the best, and he wanted to be the best, and he's the greatest of all time. And then Brooklyn in the house. And then that was kind of it. I think I just liked it because the other two had been so stilted, I guess. I think I probably enjoyed the delivery. Yeah, he was a, he was a little more alive. I thought this package was really great, especially they seem to have access to a lot of very old footage. Yeah. Of him being like 12 and rapping mm-hmm. and like some freestyle shit on the streets. And it's like friends going nuts when he's killing it. Like that that stuff was That was great. the best part of the package. I really thought this package was great. Uh his mom talking about police violence, him talking about police violence like and, and like being deep into the drug trade and that But know. talking about the circumstances that led there. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I was a drug dealer. Yay. It was like it, I had to yeah. and I got hooked on it and it almost killed me and and puff pulled me out of it. I wanted to see more contemporary rappers. Like we, we, we heard from Nas and we heard from Jay Z, and then obviously we heard from Lin Manuel. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say Lin yeah. Manuel. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what else you need, really. Yeah, the top three, the the contemporaries. Also, Jay saying he made movies like Hitchcock. That was like evocative. And really evocative. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Twenty four. Damn. What does that he mean? He died at twenty four. Oh, fuck. He was 24. Damn. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) That is so young. 24. Uh, He this. Yeah, this package really does like I think underline how great he was. And I like I like them putting the lyrics on the screen. They did a good job, I think, of highlighting his music and his words while still having people comment on it. There was a good balance there, I thought. I wrote great package. Yeah, I took almost no notes because I was very captivated. Yeah. You guys already said it, but the stuff when he was young and on the streets, that was very cool. It was amazing, and also that they had that footage. The only thing I wrote was that uh, uh, zoot suits and swimming pools, the 90s were very cool. <laughs> <laughs> when they pivot to his death, it gets kind of grisly because mm-hmm. uh, it seems like they have footage from like right when it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they, they have shots from like the intersection and stuff yeah it, it's it was a, maybe a little much for me given that y- you don't really need to be focusing on that i understand you don't want to over you don't want to dismiss it or you don't want to breeze past it but i re- representative hakeem jeffries uh on c-span talking about biggie i just wrote what the fuck is this <laughs> yeah what was that from some just like a it was on the floor of the house and was it a chart was like mo money mo problems what was it yeah it had <laughs> no i mean it just had his face and he just said I don't know, and I looked it up, and I guess Hakeem Jeffries references Biggie all the time, and so I couldn't really you Maybe find... Maybe it's just to show us how prevalent he is, how important. Well, it's probably... If, there's this weird thing. Every once in a while, you're like, what do they do 
at the house because I don't know if you guys have seen like Mike Pence with a big picture of Garfield and being like Happy Birthday Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> what? But that's yeah. Look that no. It's it's like and because that's like an Indiana connection. So I wonder if there's some sort of like Hakeem Jeffries is district or something. But yeah, so, sometimes that really happens. It's like, what do you know. fucking do also, at the house? Wait, I don't know what the Indiana connection is with oh, Garfield, and I'm sorry that the, I'm the creator, this, but I'm not. The creator, Jim Davis, Jim Davis is, is from Indiana, went to Ball State. He's the pride of Indiana. <laughs> you know, and tell that to Nermal. What? She's waking this, up in Abu Dhabi every month, you this know. This is not Nermal. <laughs> <laughs> um, Boo and yay. <laughs> It was interesting to hear from his kids in the acceptance speech, Tiana and CJ. Yeah, no, I, I really liked his kids and his mom. Yeah, it was moving. Yeah, his mom was adorable. Oh, yeah. yes. Mima. Not the last Mima. Not the Mima. Yeah, not the last Mima reference. We, we had a few Mimas in this in this special. Thank God. The over under was uh, w- was zero. So <laughs> cashing in tonight. Yeah, baby. Uh, I made the right bet. All right, let's go to. Uh, Never want to come down. Never want to put my feet back down on the ground. Depeche Mode. Is this the worst induction speech, Charlize? I mean, she definitely. It's just her personal, personal. connection about why she likes Depeche Mode. She like, doesn't like you can start with personal. It doesn't have anything to do with why they should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and except think, that she likes them. I think a good speech starts with the personal and then extrapolates, right, and then gets into you know, more general things about their worthiness. And then she just says they should have been they should have been in twenty years ago. I'm like, girl, they weren't eligible. <laughs> <laughs> I had that same reaction. I was like, well I wonder what year they were eligible. Because <laughs> that would have been like nineteen seventy four. And come on, Charlize. I said Charlize Theron got the good lighting, the good makeup, the good background. <laughs> like she has the good setup as far as like for her yeah. thing. And of course she is very good at this. Like she was good at delivering the speech. Mm-hmm. It wasn't yeah, incredibly right. substantive, but like it wasn't boring in a way that so many of these other ones were just like stilted and boring. And I guess you could say the DB brothers, their name is, it seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> <laughs> she also told that the story about, well, and when I had the opportunity to put their music in to the atomic blonde soundtrack, in the most it, famous movie yeah, it was like the, the implication was like, you know, that big soundtrack we all listen to. Yeah. You know, we we have this weird long lead up of live concert footage, which I think is meant to underline their like huge following, I guess. But I thought it was very cute when it cut from that to really early footage of them in the studio, like t- tinkering on the on the keyboards, being like, "Let's get together." <laughs> yeah, they were just little nerds. They were their little nerds, and and like they they talk about it later, but like they yeah they started this when they were like eighteen. Beep boop up. Let's get together. I. <laughs> admittedly do not know a ton about Depeche Mode. I Mm -hmm. know like four or five songs of theirs and they are the ones that we all know. And I, and so I learned a lot during this, I guess I wrote the singer is a Ringo Bono hybrid looking MFR in the, in that kind of like concert footage that they were using a lot of footage of the, the most recent one. And And then there's a guy who takes his shirt off a lot. Yeah. As he got older and sassier, I liked him more and more. 
mm-hmm. like when they showed that original old footage of them singing i just can't get enough on tv and he yeah. looks like someone is holding him hostage <laughs> it's like i've never seen someone less excited to be singing such an upbeat i just can't get enough yeah. like he looks terrified they did a good job with the package i'm like if they're not necessarily for me they were very important to many others mm-hmm. uh and then i said so similar to the nine inch nails idea well i just think you know at the beginning of the ceremony they're like every band is extremely different and i was like well nine inch nails and depeche mode or yeah especially when like you you see uh and this is right after maybe my favorite part of the of the package for them which is talking about taking a pebble and rolling it on a piece of metal and recording it and then using that as the rhythm i didn't know that that was very cool but then they they cut to them like just taking a giant sledgehammer to some metal and it's like very nine inch nails like that's the same industrial type of uh sound that they both kind of traffic it's almost like nine inch nails didn't need to get in this year and you could have just put in depeche mode relax i believe it and i'm not wrong um (laughs) so we get a lot of people in this package talking heads wise who i feel like are a little more relevant than the other packages like chris martin and lauren mayberry from chiverches uh <laughs> win butler from arcade fire and lauren mayberry in particular i liked a lot of what she had to say about yeah. how it's her interesting because i wonder how many rock hall fans are familiar with churches probably very few yeah but more than you think win butler is also I mean, I like his music, but he is very embarrassing to look at. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's got like a a big stupid hat. What would that be like to have a big stupid hat? (laughs) I just can't imagine. He's someone that could use a little sunlight, I think, though. (laughs) Uh, This is a thought that I've had for a long time, and I I jotted it down. But they played the beginning of of the song Strange Love, which is, uh, it starts out with, uh, there are times... When my crimes, times, when my crimes, and it sounds like the beginning to Rescue Rangers. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, go slipping through the cracks. That Rose Bowl footage is really great, and that's a really cool thing from their like history when they sold out the Rose Bowl yeah, in '89, and it 80s. is major Freddie Mercury vibes when he's got like the the white tank top. And like the white jeans, he looks like almost exactly like him. I also said I can see how there's no Radiohead without Depeche Mode, mm-hmm. which is something that really made me think that they should be in. At and one point during the concert footage, there's a big chicken on the screen. That's what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It just was a big old chicken. I um, like that they're still together as well. Their acceptance is the best acceptance I of everyone. I loved it. Yeah. They it's are just absolutely wonderful. They were a lot goofier than I thought they would get. Yeah, would be. they're sort of silly, and their music is kind of yeah. a bummer a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, fully. Yeah, they're very moody and dark. And then when they are talking, they are truly goofing around. They're having a laugh. And I love that they were interacting with each other. It was like the most live, fun part of this whole entire thing. Um, I feel bad that it was clearly on Zoom and it was like delayed. I oh, get the sense. I just love that they didn't retape it. I yeah. love that they were like, "What? Well, we're going with it." They don't adjust or change anything. Like, no, he's like he, he calls his AirPods at one point. He calls himself out for clearly reading, and it's like very obvious that he's reading the one with like the big glasses. The glasses. Uh, who they seem to imply is a drunk, because uh, <laughs> they're like, "All right, it's it's opening time. Like, it's time to go to the pub." <laughs> yeah, I like that. I wrote down that it's funny to see how people age. Some are like regular dads, and some still wear leather 
leather jackets. <laughs> they, they all looked like they've yeah. just aged differently, but it was it was very sweet. The who's the front man? Dave Gahan yeah. looks cool as hell. Very and he has cool. a great head of hair. And then Andy Andy Fletcher is the one with the, with the big chunky glasses who's like I, I loved it. I want to thank the uh, thank the Eagles and they all laugh because I think they're yeah. they're kidding. And then Martin Gore is the one with like the tuft of hair on top of his head. Oh gosh. Oh yeah, and he was in his like clearly his music room with the multiple they, the they were just so cute i loved it when they just cut to the guy with the glasses just clapping one person clapping yeah. like <laughs> as someone else is like saying people's names there's just an audience of one it's just i said this feels live and fun it's very cute i love them talking to each other and joking the one person clapping i love it this is the best damn thing i've ever seen i would have loved it if they were using the zoom clapping and thumbs up reaction <laughs> in their little thing yeah. it would have made me so happy because it was just so dorky and stupid but also really it was just so unpolished and fun mm-hmm. it was like the most rock and roll thing yeah okay. sometimes zoom is the most rock and roll thing of all uh, you've been saying that for a long time and now it, it finally makes sense yep uh they it's like so clear that they love each other and like they've known each other since they were teens since they were kids it's just like it's it's infectious and it's great and they're also the only ones who keep being like that's eh, too bad we can't perform it's like, yeah, that is too bad. They made a joke like, oh, we're going to do the concert now. Ha, ha, ha. And I was like, oh, I would watch your Zoom Square concert. <laughs> yeah, yes. well, Martin Gore goes, dun, dun. <laughs> then the next thing we get are the tributes. Is that a man shredding? Why, yes, it's Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> uh, and I literally at first was like, oh, wow, T-Rex kicks ass. Oh. <laughs> like, uh, like for a se- do you, you know what I mean? Because I was Mark- like, oh, next thing we're doing is mm-hmm. like going into, I was like, who else is left? Okay, so it has to be t Oh, no. Yeah. We've got the the focus here is on Eddie Van Halen, uh, and you get Slash, you get Kirk Hammett from Metallica on a weird camera that feels like it keeps, like, focusing out. Uh, and but then... I like that he has all gray hair now. That is cool. Yeah. yeah. Kirk is, is uh, the only likable member of Metallica, I think. He's... Yeah, he's definitely on, on, on a list. Yeah, he's, he's towards the top. Yeah, he seems great. Tom Morello also recorded on his phone. Wearing a Chicago hat. <laughs> All right, so a lot of names because they had a full half year added to the na- to the time span because normally it would just be a year, but then because this was delayed. So there's a lot of names. I'm going to go through the, I guess, bigger ones. You got Bill Withers, Ronald Bell from Cool and the Gang, John Prine, Helen Reddy, Toots Hibbert, Ennio Morricone, Rick Ocasek, and then you get a, a song change. Uh, you get Florian Schneider from Kraftwerk, Adam Schlesinger, Eddie Money. Uh, and then you do a little spotlight, which I thought was cool, a cool way to acknowledge Neil Peart from Rush and Ginger Baker from Cream by having them do a, a drum off. That was cool. Yeah. they you, you don't see that. And it feels like because they had like a little bit more time instead mm-hmm. of just trying to cram them in there. Uh, then you get Dr. John, Charlie Daniels, two of the members from the Comets who must have been 100 years old. Kenny Rogers, and then you get a little bit more focus on uh, Little Richard at the end. Just the shade on they must have been 100 years old. How were they not already well, dead? I mean, <laughs> the, the Comets Whoa. were part of the recon year because they weren't inducted with Bill Haley initially. So in two, like eight years ago, they were all up on stage, like truly looking close to death. <laughs> and I, it's just, and they were. Yeah, I mean, well, eight years. I mean, they again the over under on that lost some money there. But then it, I, it was nice that they gave Little Richard some some time at the end. Not as much time as Eddie Van Halen, but you know, he maybe invented rock and roll, but whatever. Yeah. 
Adam Schlesinger getting a full screen was interesting to me. Is he, I mean, I just know him from Fountains of Wayne. Yeah, Fountains of Wayne and like and his work on Crazy TV shows and yeah. movies, that thing you do. I think just because he was young and it was COVID. And it was COVID. COVID. Yeah, I mean, I it was just was interesting it for him to get a full screen yeah. as far as like the Rock Hall is concerned. I forgot that Kenny Rogers died. Yeah, I can I, a lot of these people, yeah, I did too. I forgot Eddie Money died. Mm-hmm. Oh, same. Oh, yeah. I never again, remembered. It was, it I don't think a, I even knew that and you just said it. Some again. of these people died a year and a half ago. You know, so it was it was a longer stretch of time to cover for this particular in memoriam. Uh, do you guys want to talk about the the greatest inductee this year, John Landau? Fucking kill me. <laughs> the man so, who runs the nominating committee? I hate this. I mean, I will say I hated the Irving Azoff one more, but I... At the very least, this guy's like a writer and producer. Like, the, he, there is some contribution beyond just like, my whole thing was uh, I'm going to eat the world and make as much money as possible. There's... And like, be a really mean, awful dad. Yeah. That inclusion of the dad stuff was just like egregious. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, we already think this guy sucks. Yeah. And we could at least like try and be like, well, maybe he's nice to his kids. And they're like, no, he he forces he, he, me to be exactly like him or I am not loved. Let's talk about yeah, let's talk about Craw Daddy's John Landau. We got Jan Wenner sitting by the beach in his remote <laughs> island probably. You obviously got Bruce Springsteen, who in a sense is the one inducting him. You get Jackson Brown. I did like this stuff where they're talking about making Born to Run and making The Pretender and making Darkness on the Edge of Town because there is a creative. Well, and also involved. just we have not really heard enough about Bruce Springsteen or I want to uh, know like who he band. is. Like, what are these albums? What are these lost albums that I could listen to? He tr- he did seem like the main character of the package more so than Landau. Bruce yeah, Springsteen did for sure. I mean, because that's Shocking. the story. He's like Bruce's right hand man. I do now see why MC5 still keeps coming up on the <laughs> on the ballot. Yeah, he clearly loves him. I didn't involved. go as hard on this one because I was just, I think I was prepared for how much I wasn't going to like it. Um, and uh, for someone who ages so gracefully as Bruce, really rude to then have someone who ages so poorly like John Landau. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down that he amplified black voices and artists that seemed cool yeah this is what i wrote i said i'm glad he was uplifting black music but good god then put it in and not another stupid white guy yeah i forgot how connected he is yeah he's yeah they don't they they don't mention that that he's the head of the nominating committee they really don't it's very weird i said how long is this stupid package end this they will never cut the boss i didn't (laughs) listen to a word of his exception speech i truly do not care about this man this was just a useless i mean it was a useless especially that it wasn't a live ceremony we didn't get the raw unbridled charisma of john landau in person you know, I can't believe we didn't get to just experience his energy on stage accepting. It's like, God, if there's anything from COVID that really gets my goat, it's that we didn't get John Lando up there they're, just feeding off the crowd. They're just like... They're, I want to thank Peter Wolf, my longtime friend in the Jay Giles band. A lot of things that were, that were uh, that we suspected. Okay, I really were, did not listen at all. He talked about the Jay Giles band? He was, he, when, he, when he thanked wow. people, he thanked the I, MC5, he thanked... And that's come up before, right? Because they're not in, right? But they've been nominated five they've times been nominated. because of John Landau, right? Yes. And be, I think Jan Wenner too. Like both those guys really like. And it's also a thing of like he he and Jan Wenner are boys. And now that Jan Wenner is not the chairman of the of the Rock Hall anymore, I wonder how if Landau's time as the person running the nominating committee. I wonder if his days are numbered. Hey, I uh, <sighs> I danced myself out of the womb. Is it strange to dance so soon? T Rex, and uh, we start off with Ringo. 
in a very shiny blazer. Yes. <laughs> Ringo really felt like he was reading and like they did one take and he was like, all right, that's it, boys. No autographs. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I liked how he said, he's got great style. <laughs> boogie. Born to boogie. Uh, yeah, it was it was kind of a whatever induction speech. But then you hit 20th Century Boy. That song rules. And that's how the package started. And that song, I think I've said it before, but that is the song that the Black Keys wish they wrote and are trying to write every time they write a song. It's a great song. I did this package did not sell me on T-Rex. Really? No. I mean, I thought it was really fun. Here, I'll just read my notes real fast and then King Mod, he changed his name. Yeah, they needed to go electric. He was such a huge poser and I love it. He basically was like, I'm commercially geared. Like and Yeah, he's I, constantly like uh yeah, posing. He, he just he's like ready for the camera and Well, and I mean a poser like he's just going to sell out and do whatever he thinks is going to be the most popular. He was being mod for a while, then he was like glam rock, then mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Although he invented glam rock, so that wasn't exactly him attaching himself to a movement, you know. Oh, but he did sure. see that it worked and then that became his whole thing. Yes. And I said, this is not selling me on T-Rex, although androgyny rules. I said, LOL, this is so funny. The 70s were so weird. With this the androgyny o- thing, I, I felt like he would be very popular if you were alive today. I oh, think he, yeah. Everyone would love him. Right now, I think a Mark Bolin type older guy would be Oh. I mean, I agree. I absolutely agree. And I said, this all sounds like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. They used Johnny Rotten footage, which I thought was particularly LOL for the Rock Hall to do. Yeah. I said, they were contemporaries with some truly great bands, but I'm still feeling that we're sweeping out the 70s on this one. You would 100% think this band was just one person. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, this was... I, I enjoyed it quite a bit because i don't have my my only reference for t-rex was um in high school marching band we played bang a gong so mm-hmm. yep. you know i didn't know that that so that they actually rocked really hard strong <laughs> yeah. connection to the music. really grooved <laughs> um but this was the third instance where i felt like there was a big david bowie through line like mm-hmm. i feel like mm-hmm. he was referenced in nine, nine inch nails, nails sure. and if not explicitly in Depeche Mode, I was seeing some... Yeah, know, just... Dave Gahan brings him up in his acceptance speech with Depeche Mode. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting through line. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I thought there was a lot of really cool footage of T-Rex. Like, there was just a ton of stuff. I mean, because obviously they were, like, on TV a lot. And then with Born to Boogie, you get this cool footage of them jamming with Elton John, which doesn't... Maybe never really registered with me before that they were contemporaries. They just seemed like from very different worlds. Uh, and then they're they're jamming with Ringo in that as well. Yeah, that was very cool footage to the Ringo. And his show, um, Mark Boland's show, Mark, looked very cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that looked like a ton of fun. And the fact that he was bridging the gap to these new punk artists I thought was cool. And I thought really highlighted his influence on what became a huge movement uh and showing that picture that where he johnny rotten looks like he's modeling himself kind of after mark bowen and seeing a young billy idol which mark bowen being like some say he's prettier than me (laughs) (laughs) well he's like sniffing a flower that show looked great that show looked incredible i just to me it didn't necessarily sell me on their icon status like i was like this is cool i think it's very neat I he beat Bowie by bringing glitter to the masses. Yeah, okay. I would but think you would be all on board. No, I liked him. I like him. I think he's cool, but I think he's more cult status than is is the Hall of Fame. their legacy cemented because he died young. 
you know, that's a good question because he had kind of already fallen off a little bit, oh, bit by the time he died. And he sounds like he's rep- he's reckoning with that as he's about to die. Like he's yeah. like, you know, the thing about being famous is it's only good for so long and then it's what's next, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like he yeah, so I don't know exactly. I mean, maybe to some extent. I think that always happens uh when someone dies young. It feels like with Someone like Mark Bolin, who had fallen off a little bit, every time a person like that dies, they all the narrative is always well, they were mounting a comeback, and like they were about to. I mean, they were about to do the best work of their career, which is you know a nice sentiment to to have and to make. But who knows if that's true? Mickey Finn, the guy who plays the bongos, he really didn't do shit, and <laughs> that's yeah, I'm really like... funny to me that he is in the story of their career. He's like, you know, didn't really, you know, I got rid of Steve Took, and then we brought in Mickey, and then the, the band really changed for the better. And it's just like this dude who like doesn't look like he knows how to even play the bongos, <laughs> and the lack of Gloria Jones really in the package in the package at, at all, all is it was kind of strange, and I wonder if she didn't want to participate in terms of talking heads, but like she is a big part of his life and she was a member of the band to some extent and you would also think every member of the band is dead but that's not true because there is well, a guy who's and he alive. says he took his wife's glitter they don't even yeah. show her they don't even show a picture of her they cut and to like a white s- woman in the audience when they say and i took my yeah. wife's glitter well because that was that was not gloria either that was his first wife yeah and i don't think he ever really married gloria but oh. she was ostensibly his wife well i'm like show the wife that he yeah. took the glitter show some from wives. He, they showed an audience person, and I was like, show the wives. Yeah. Hashtag show the wives. Hashtag show the wives. Show the wives. Also, and duck the divas and show the wives. Maybe show the other members of the band. Have you considered that as an option? Because they did only talk about Mark. <laughs> because, and like, Bill Legend is still alive, and he was a, he was the drummer. They could have had him accept, I mean, they had Roland Bolin. But they had to have Roland, Roland Bolin. Which, you know, makes sense. But also, the, going back to, like, the Doobie Brothers, too, there were members, many members, who are still alive who did not get to accept or even have a little bit of, of a moment. Same with Nine Inch Nails. There's all those dudes that Trent mentioned. They're all alive. And then there are there are two additional members of Depeche Mode who are still alive. It felt like they were... And it makes sense in terms of having a ceremony that goes by quickly. But to not even let them say anything, I don't know, or not even see them now get to hold the thing and accept. I mean, I, I get it, but it's just kind of a bummer. Uh, but I will say, Roland's speech, talking about how he essentially discovered his father's mu- music the way anybody else did, I thought was also another fun way to see the lineage of Mark's music and the that it's in a Def Leppard music video that it, you know, Slash kind of modeled his look mm-hmm. after Mark Bolin was wearing like a slider shirt. I was into it. I said, and also it's just sad how many kids are accepting for their dead parents. Yeah. Next we have a Cleveland appreciation <laughs> package, which was very weird. Oh, so boy. weird. And I bet literally every local musician in Cleveland was like, are you kidding me? These people? It's like when the list of comedians come out and yeah. everyone's like, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. And I did wonder, did Troy get to help pick who, who got to walk through the uh, oh. Hard Rock Cafe? I mean, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame <laughs> Museum. I doubt it. Uh, but it, yeah, it was... I was, I think, embarrassing for everybody involved. I would be very embarrassed. Even, like, the people who, who were less embarrassing, I would be embarrassed to be with. I mean, that, that that woman who was a rapper, like, God bless her, but her just being like, yeah, I'm going to be in here. You're going to put my shoes. And it's like, I, I all right. It there was, was embarrassing. Nobody had it. I, I appreciated that they had the local musicians, but it felt like they were all actors cast to be Cleveland musicians. Like, it was too 
on the nose and like that yeah that one woman who was like and i'm looking around and look at these notes like maybe my notes will be in here someday and i was like probably not yeah almost certainly not put a bunch of kids like little cleveland children yeah someone before they can really real before we can truly know that their dreams won't come true (laughs) like i don't know that sucked they should have cut it the and it really did make me realize how much the museum is a giant hard rock cafe it does not make the museum look cool or fun no, I in mean, any way, shape, or form. Maybe for somebody. It's funny you said that, Kristen, because before I became friends with Joe and knew what the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was, I think I passively thought that it was affiliated with Hard Rock Cafe. Because I was like, well, yeah, they're both sure. places with guitars. Yep. You got guitars on the wall. The guest you just had on was still, like, we, you guys were talking about how there's a foundation and, like, what does the foundation do? Yeah. That would have been a perfect opportunity. <laughs> or, like, if there was, if there's any philanthropy involved, Follow but it was not the that. money. I think, I think the reason why that was not involved is because they don't want they don't, anyone to know that they don't do anything. They don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys, I decided long ago never to walk in anyone's shadow. Whitney Houston, the last inductee. Uh, I liked. I think Alicia Keys' speech was the best one. Yes, easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's so charming. She's great. She like knows how to do this. She has inducted people before. Uh, she didn't. She made it personal without it being too personal. She was able to extrapolate to the meaning beyond just her own connection. We got a million dollar bill reference. Million dollar bill shout out, <laughs> which is one of my top ten favorite songs of all time. Just very meaningful song in my personal life. And then we get our second Mima, and that clip from the Merv Griffin show I think is very cute because she's like uh, when she's 17 yeah and like Clive Davis is the guest but brings Whitney Houston on to sing and she yeah she's just she's cute as a button and it, it like from the get-go is it can't be understated man she had like the, <laughs> she's the best voice she is the greatest of all time like she is wait I, the greatest of all time oh I was like the greatest <laughs> love of all time what are you no, setting I think she's me the greatest up for of all here. time. <laughs> Also, I think too, we had Martha Quinn from MTV uh-huh. on this. Earlier, we had had a Kurt Loder. Uh, yeah, Kurt Loder really at the Nine Inch Nails being like, he's really giving it to those keyboards. <laughs> oh, yeah. I also, back to the Nine Inch Nails real fast, too, was there was, they showed Letterman having like an OK Boomer moment where yeah, he's being like, like hey, this guy's, he's emotionally disturbed. Uh, it, was, it was, yeah. It's like, you don't get it, old man. Uh, Even like, though he wasn't that old at the time. I know. Uh, what a fucking square, dude. In the Whitney package, there is a lot of singing and like that's what you gotta do you know they kind of the weirdly they're able to let Whitney tell her own story which is great basically the only person that they did an interview with was Jennifer Hudson there's no one else which is bizarre because you could have gotten Brandy and Monica I mean you interviewed Jay-Z just presumably Beyonce would be in the same house but I don't I don't know their arrangement uh, I just feels like there's so many people you could talk to uh, for Whitney and they did not you make a great point Thank you. Uh, but I did enjoy hearing Whitney tell her own story, to sort of mm-hmm. use your words. And I, I liked, I know there's there's been discussion about, well, since she didn't write her own music, is that right? Like, That's does, true. Is she as deserving as maybe other artists? But I think it's undeniable. She had, she was using her, using God's gifts to use her words. Yeah. And there are many artists in the Rock Hall who did not write their own things, from Linda Ronstadt to Nina Simone to Elvis Presley. Elvis. You know, so it, the, yeah, I don't think that holds up you know she's in the hall so we don't have to think about it anymore i uh, really got my caps lock going at a certain point i think during during the many just like vocal performances that they showed back to back i was like chills i hate that we don't get a fucking tribute 
all caps, I'm your baby tonight. Oh my God, she is the greatest of all time. I am crying at the national anthem and I hate the USA. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get very angry at our country. I don't feel incredibly patriotic uh, most of the time. And yet I really, um, I was crying <laughs> when not. Yeah. I, I mean, she made the, I'm going to choke up even talking. We've talked about it on the show before. Like the national anthem. Is like a Whitney Houston song. And, That's yeah, and we get that up. when Lady Gaga is talking to Oprah, uh, presumably from Oprah Show, uh, <laughs> about how she used to sing the Whitney version of the Star Spangled Banner at the top of her s- stairs, like every day or something. I, I, that that part was unclear <laughs> to me, but yeah, no, she she is really she's really uh, exceptional. I think it's a bummer of a narrative that we have in our society that like having a baby is the greatest thing a woman can do. Mm -hmm. And I think I just don't think it necessarily needed to be included, especially considering the tragic circumstances around Bobby Christina. Yeah. Death. And and yeah, do we need, do we need to see her getting married to Bobby Brown? Like how does that really fit into the narrative of her greatness? Yeah, it was wild. And then, you know, I was definitely crying at, I will always love you as well. Cause Wow, I mean, she just, she could really do anything. Her voice was so incredible, and she was a legend. I am appreciative that they talked about kind of the downturn that she was having at -hmm. the end of it. Like, I'm... I don't think that they needed to like leave that out and be like, and she went out on top, yeah, right. you know, but, uh, and so I'm, I'm glad that they talked about that without being, without, you know, getting into some shit that would have been disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I wrote, Oh yeah, I guess Whitney cares about the rock hall. That's like, <laughs> that's the mean, big, for me, that's, that's the big headline. That's the headline for Joe always. I mean that, that's pretty crazy. So Pat Houston, her her sister-in-law, said that when they were in London, it was like they were having, like, she was, like, on top of the world. And she's like, this is great, but I got to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is crazy. And this is Joe's. Well, I mean, <laughs> it underlines this, I mean, or it, it, it helps us to, it answers the question that the our podcast poses. <laughs> and if, if our podcast is anything, it is to find out who does care about the rock hall and the fact that whitney did explicitly i think is a is a major moment for us <laughs> emphasis joe's i said us yeah who's the us you and me the, the, you have dev- you listen us the you, royal us you may you may try to pretend like you're not invested but you've put so many hours into this podcast <laughs> and for whitney someone who you've been caping for since the beginning to have wanted to be in the Rock Hall, and now she is. God, it's beautiful. Makes it's a win s- for both of you. We're happy for you. Makes I you want to stand either. up and sing it's the big win. Star Spangled Banner. I'm, like, really glad that she's in. I really am. I still, you know, I spend a lot of hours scrolling through Instagram, too, and I, I don't really care about that. Mm. I'm just saying we are not how we spend our time. I see. I hope. That's more passive versus active, which is this podcast, but whatever. What do you, whatever you want to say. Uh, but that was the uh, that was the Rock Hall induction special, guys. Wow. Final thoughts, overall impressions? I enjoyed it, but I do wish there had been some element of tribute performance. Mm-hmm. I understand the limitations, but um, overall, I really enjoyed it, and I felt like I learned a lot. Yeah, I, I, I liked it, too. It kind of made me want to go back and watch a bunch of behind the musics. Yeah, because especially Depeche Mode and Doobie Brothers... Like, you already saw a good chunk of it because that was in the package. <laughs> yeah. 
I am really grateful that it was shorter than past induction ceremonies. Like, I'm really glad about that. I have a really distinct level of rage that's even greater about these uh, non-performer inductions. Mm. Like, I, I'm furious. Do it, you think the circumstances of it being remote is better or worse for those inductions? Like, do you kind of like that they didn't get to have their moment in the sun, really? No, because they got so much more time than I think they would have gotten if there had been performances to get to. Because maybe for uh, Irving Azoff, the Eagles would have played. Or that's maybe, not even what I was thinking. Or oh, maybe you Bruce would have played. Worse. You literally made it so much worse for me imagining now then they would take up even more time with these people. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's, hard, it's hard to believe that they would have an induction ceremony with Bruce there and not have him play. Maybe uh, they would have done something at the jam, but... And they would have showed the whole thing. Uh, oh, okay. I don't know. I just, I'm really done with it. I think if you want to put them in as non-performers, you just flash their pictures up on the screen for a second, and then that's it. Have them stand up while they're still in the audience. Literally. Hi. Th- I mean, that's fine. Fine, sure. You know, mm-hmm. but I really, really hated that. I agree. I was so sad that there w- were no tribute performances. Or I performances just, in general. Performances in general, but especially I would have loved to have seen a Whitney tribute and a biggie tribute would have really been great i would have liked to have seen depeche mode uh perform live together as well and i think i would have really enjoyed seeing the doobie brothers perform live i think it would have been really fun and cool and i would have liked that i think you do lose a little bit of the potency of the packages when you expand them i think part of the reason the packages are so great is they get you amped up in three minutes, they get you amped up so fast and so quickly that you're like, ah, yes, yes, yes. And then when you make it like, I don't know, how long were these, like 20 minutes or something? When you make them that long, then it gives you it, it, it gives you time to breathe versus the regular package, which is like punching you in the face, and you're like, yeah, hit, hit me again. <laughs> uh, I thought it was such a bummer that all the speeches were so bad and like almost by design you miss out on the spontaneity of uh, them being in front of a crowd and they can say anything. And, and I then the performances. I'm glad that they didn't cut back to Grohl every once in a while. Oh, <laughs> to, to be like, wow, like- <laughs> T-Rex really sure did show us how to rock in a glamorous way. <laughs> Next up, she was the voice of a generation. <laughs> yeah, that would have been fucking stupid. I'm just saying. And they could have, yeah. They really could have. And so I guess I'll give them that. Yeah. Uh, the lack of performances is a bummer but also like there's a world where they tried to do performances and they were also really lame so what if they had let all those cleveland performers before? just jam together finally <laughs> also the honor of inducting someone it, this year felt like it was fully negated iggy you didn't say anything better than annie clark did about nine inch nails puffy didn't say anything better than nas you know it, it almost felt like you could have more of a, an effect if you were in the package versus introducing it but overall i want the live inductions back as someone who was so uh, into that shit, obviously I was never going to like the the fake version. This was a fake <laughs> ceremony, and I want them to redo it live. Oh my god! Could you imagine next year they just reinduct everybody? I would. Be, I think it would be cool if they did a concert. That would be cool. Just they to get make the it best and... cover band in Cleveland to do. No, all no. <laughs> get the bands there. Get Depeche Mode and Nine Inch Nails and Doobie Brothers, and then maybe have some people do a Biggie, Whitney T Rex uh, tribute. And then I don't know. It just feels like a bummer that this is such a uh, pass of a year. It's such a buy of a year. 
Uh, Mike and Megan, thank you guys so much for joining us in 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 person. What thank a true anomaly. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having us. Thanks over. for having us. Y'all want to plug anything? My Instagram is Mike Lloyd Art. Which is great. Uh, oh, yeah. A, a lot of very fun illustrations. Uh, my Instagram and Twitter are <laughs> Megan M. Lloyd. Um, I don't think anything. I sing at church sometimes. Um, <laughs> if anyone's uh, in L.A. and attends Mass as an, as an early riser, I'll be singing at 7 a.m. drive-in Mass <laughs> on November 22nd at St. Charles Borromeo, North drive Hollywood. In? It's Incredible. a drive-in. Oh, you cool. can hear my, my voice through the radio. Wow. Beep, beep. Very cool. Very at cool. 7 a.m.? Mm-hmm. All right. Tell me where to tune in from my bed. <laughs> I got to give a little shout out to my dad, Pat Hillmeyer. Yes, absolutely. Listener of Super the pod. Fan. Pat, what a surprise, huh? Hi, Pat. <laughs> uh, he cares about the Rock Hall. I've seen mm-hmm. video proof. Uh, so if you would like to get a hold of us on Instagram or Twitter, the handle is at rockhallpod. Rockhallpod at gmail.com is the email. If you want Kristen to see that, you're going to need to designate that somewhere. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating of five stars. If it's not five stars, then don't bother. Review us, too. Those are always nice. Thank you to Yusu Kim for the music. Thank you to Pantheon Podcast for hosting us. And, hey, thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo. Hey, you're very welcome. Yay. (laughs) I'm Joe Quazala. I'm Kristen Studdard. And who cares? About the Rock Hall. Apparently Whitney. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.